Hi everyone and welcome to the Talk Birdie to Me podcast. Before we get to today's chat, there's just a number of things to cover. Firstly, this is the release of episode 10. We would just like to say a huge thank you to all of you, our listeners, and all of our guests to date for making this a success and the enjoyable process that it's been over the last number of weeks. Secondly, tomorrow is the final order for Crested Range of Clothing. There's been huge demand so far and great interest, so please do not hesitate to shoot us a message or get in contact if you would like to place an order. And today's chat is with Keelan Rafferty, a Walker Cup and Irish International. Keelan talks about his time in Minute, representing Ireland, Great Britain and Ireland, and having success on the worldwide stage. So without any further delays, here is that chat with Keelan. Hi everyone and welcome back. Today we are joined by Keelan Rafferty. How are you keeping, Keelan? Yeah, all's good, all's good, Shane. And yourself? Ah, very good, thanks. How are you keeping during these times? Are you playing any bit of golf in the garden or are you staying away from it? I'll tell you the truth, I only found the clubs for the first time in a couple of weeks there. Yesterday, one of the lads asked me to show him what I have in the bag and I had to go looking for it. So it's been a while since I went looking for them with what's going on. You've had a nice little break, so... Absolutely, yeah. I'm busy with college as well, so trying to get a few bits done there. So. And you're coming into your final few months of college, is it? Yeah, well, it's kind of up in the air. We don't know what we're doing and... We're kind of still figuring out assessments that we have that will go towards our final grade and different things like that. So it's kind of still a bit up in the air as to what is actually happening. So it'll be nice to get that sorted soon and get back to focusing on the golf. Ah, if they can give me the pass and we can leave it at that anyway, I'll not worry about it after that. <laughs> we won't complain. So Keelan, when you are on the golf course, many a talk about your mindset. Uh, what do you think sets you apart in this part of the game? Yeah, I probably in the last couple of years got really focused on just not caring as such just kind of go and play golf and stop worrying about what the outcome's going to be and <clears throat> like obviously I'll still get down about bad days or bad shots but I think I've been able to deal with them a lot better um when I was younger I was a bit of a hothead so that had to change and uh, just kind of when I started to enjoy golf and actually go out and play and have fun on the golf course. Everything kind of fitted into place. Started playing better golf. Was enjoying it, what what I was doing, and had a hunger to keep going and play more golf. I suppose. And when was it that that turned in your head? And when did you start playing that better golf? It was kind of I had planned to kind of do the PGA from. I was always decent when I was around eighteen, nineteen, but I was never really good enough as such to to make the jump. So I kind of had in my head that. And that's no disrespect to PGA either, but it was just kind of, I'll go into the teaching aspect because I enjoyed that side of golf. But um, after doing a couple of years of this and realizing what PGA entails, it's a tough, tough road of shop hours and members and a lot of different things that just wouldn't be for everybody. So I suppose when I kind of made the decision to go back to college three years ago now, and even the year prior to that, I kind of had said to myself, let's just enjoy golf again. And if it works out, it works out. Because the only way I'm going to improve is by doing what I'd done when I was younger and just love playing the game. Um, the more I got fixed with what score I'm shooting and what events I'm going to, I think was probably my downfall when I was younger. But as I say, from that little bit of experience, I sort of cop onto a point of when you're young you play golf because you just want to play with your mates 
And you talked there about going down the route of becoming a PGA teaching professional. When did you decide to abandon that path and take up the opportunity to go to Minute? So that's kind of, I, I think 2015, I had a good north. And I played pretty well that year. Um, and then followed it up with another decent year the next year. I was kind of like, I had made contact with Minute. Because around that stage, we had rang Barry Fenley. Eugene Smith was there and he'd be a good friend of mine. And I got Barry's number. So kind of one thing led to the next and a few chats with Barry and all of a sudden I was heading the books back in Minute. And how have you found your time in Minute to date? Yeah, Minute, like if you're not going to go to America and at this stage, I, it's nearly, it's as close as we're going to get decided upon, I suppose. Um, Barry is a really good setup there between psychology gym you have the golf courses you have great coaches there involved now with donald johnny and noel so he has every aspect covered amory does yoga with us as well as psychology so there's a lot involved in it that is really really benefit but it really benefits the player and what you put into it you get out of it too which is kind of a good thing about it i suppose and you mentioned there the US. Did you ever think of exploring that avenue or were you kind of set on staying at home? Yeah, so when I was doing the Leaving Cert and obviously golf, as I say, it wasn't, I wasn't wonderful back then, but I could play a bit. And I kind of looked into going with a couple of agencies to maybe try and find a college. And when I sat down and thought about it, I'm a bit of a home bird, so I don't think traveling away out to college over there would have suited me. And you certainly have had that opportunity to travel and as part of being on the GUI Irish men's panel, you got to start off the last number of years in South Africa, which has been a happy hunting ground for you. How has that been to start the year by going with the team and competing at two events there so early in the year? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's great that it's so early for me because it kind of really does no expectations and just go play golf. Um, we don't get to play an awful lot of golf in the winter, obviously with weather, but we try and obviously practice and sharpen the tools for the season getting ready. But I love going to, I love South Africa as a country. Um, the GOI obviously can't do enough for us from the minute we meet up in Dublin to the minute we land back in Dublin. They're fantastic. Um, and then you're playing, we, you generally play the best golf courses that's about like we played Leopard Creek this year, which was unbelievable. Um, just to experience what it's like. And as I say, they're all European tour venues too. So you're kind of, you're playing really good golf courses at a really, really good standard as well down there. The players are <laughs> unbelievable when you see them at such a young age too. And you went there this year and you had two third place finishes. Uh, do you go there with expectations or because you know you haven't got a huge amount of competitive practice in the previous months? And what is your mindset as you board that plane to South Africa? Yeah, I'm going to. Like, that's, that's really the kickstart. I think from that point on, your season really flows into one thing leads to the next and it doesn't seem to have a week off. So I kind of go wanting to learn a bit of what I need to improve on what did I do well? Little things like that I'll take out of it. Um, having finished well this year, all I'd done each day was just try and shoot the best score I could. I know I had a few ropey holes at different times and different things, but I always kind of just stuck at it and tried to grind the score out each day. Um, and as they say, 
you're playing in shorts and a t-shirt in nice warm conditions if you're not going to enjoy that there and really try there's something wrong with you I suppose and your first trip to South Africa was in 2018 but to get you in that position to be selected uh, you were made your Irish senior men's debut at the home internationals by winning that four in a row in Moortown we've spoke to a lot of people recently that were part of that team but how was that for you and so you're making your debut at such an important and I suppose historic victory yeah, it was like just to get the call to to play on the Irish team is always a dream that I think everyone wants or everyone that plays golf strives for. Um, and when I did get the call, it was there was a great buzz just around Dundalk itself and my even the home house. Everyone was kind of delighted. So I was going just knowing that if I do what I do, I can perform at a, at the level that you need to. I played my way to that point, so I was quietly confident in that way. And then that was Peter there. I think that was Peter's first as well. He kind of, to see him coming in as well, I was kind of saying that kind of relaxes me a wee bit too, that there's two of us instead of one new face, I suppose, on the team that's, that's after winning three of them. But um, no, it was, it was a great, again, the GOI, the minute you get there, practice rounds, everything that's done for you is so good that... All you have to do is play golf. And what were your biggest takeaways from that week? You know, you were now part of a senior men's team that were going for such a big result to get the four in a row. And what did you learn when you reflected back on that experience? I think you you kind of take away that, yeah, you played your way on to the team, but you're still you're playing against the best from England, Scotland, Wales. Uh, so you're, you're comparing yourself, I suppose, all the time to the best players in each country. And I got five out of six that week. So I, I kind of took a lot of confidence away from that, knowing that they are best players. I could beat them on the day. Um, and I think that kind of did kickstart the hunger of wanting to make more teams and wanting to, to play for Ireland and wear the, wear the top every time you go on to the golf course. Like That kind of led you into wanting to play Nations Cup and Soda Grande, Six Man, Eisenhower, all these things then you just want it more and more. There's a real hunger for it. And you certainly achieved that success in 2018 and you got over the line by winning the South of Ireland. And this was your first major win on the Irish amateur circuit. What did that mean to you? Not only you, but Dundalk Golf Club as a whole, it was only their second ever uh, title in one of Ireland's big amateur events. Yeah, it was like the minute I got there that week, I kind of, Again, I just got into a real sort of relaxed sort of way of going about. Um, again, Lynch is such a nice place to be. So it's kind of enjoyable to go down there. But we got down early and did a little bit of practice and had a, a decent sort of stroke play. And then just started going through the matches. Nice, played well in every match. Kind of battled one out, played solid in the rest. And then kind of got a lot of confidence when I played Mark Power and gave him a bit of a beating that day. I was a, I was tucked that out and gave him a bit of slagging about it since. But uh, no, it was just a, it kind of, I knew I wasn't far away from eventually getting over the line. And as I kept saying, if you keep knocking the door, someone has to open it for you. But um, I did think like they had a great match with Rowan in the final. He got off to a good start and I kind of picked a few back off him. But kind of just that little bit, like 18, I don't think I'll ever hit two better shots into the 18th uh, off that new tee. 
hit it into the middle of the green, put the pressure on him. But to be fair, he did as much as he could. He just got a bit unlucky with his putt on the 18th then to, as I say, he, he opened the door a little bit for me to let me keep going. But uh, for Dundalk itself, the crowds, we had a good crowd down, came home that evening. I don't even know what happened afterwards. It was a late enough night from what I remember. I remember reading about that final. You said that you nearly had your cap off on the 18th and then all of a sudden Rowan's putt didn't go in and you were standing on the 19th tee. How did you kind of gather yourself and prepare for the playoff after mentally thinking that it had slipped away from you? Yeah, I was probably fortunate to have Owen there with me, Owen Murphy, who's playing a lot of golf with um, and for a young fella, he's an old head in his shoulders, I'll tell you that. But uh, to turn to him and we kind of looked at each other and both said, that's the chance you needed, let's go and take it now. So stood up on 19, hit it in close, to probably 12 feet, Rowan was just outside me. And I still to this day wonder how the putt never dropped. So that kind of, another one, I was like, okay, we were slagging and joking, walking back to the second he saying, oh, here we go again. Another week of it. And then drove it into the fairway bunker. And I'll never forget, I just walked away. I had to walk the camis down, I suppose, right headed towards the 4T, just heading my hands, saying, what are you after doing here? Like, But uh, again, just said to myself, let's make him work for the, for the win. Make power at worst. He still has to bury the hole. It's not a given. And all I could do was chip out sideways and... Again, chatting to Owen, we were in between four and five and what we hit. And I kind of had come up short a bit all day, so we just went with the four and I don't think I hit a better four in it from that point on. And how did you feel there? Do you know, was it just adrenaline rushing after you saw that shot take off? Or how did you kind of, again, get yourself ready for that pot and go on to win the South? Yeah, well, when I hit it, I, I always look back and sort of cringe at videos, but I still started walking after it straight away because I knew it was good. But uh, I kind of said to myself, right, you're putting well. Rowan, he actually then hit it just outside me, so I kinda was going to get a line off him. And I know when he hit his putt, it just missed, just slid by. I had said to myself, right, let's, let's go here. Let's finish it off because... If I climb up the hill in the third, that could be the death of me. <laughs> it certainly is a steep hill. And then you mentioned there playing against Rowan Lester in the final, and so you would have played on teams together previously. And then the following week, you went to the Irish Close, which in 2018 was in the European Club, and you got paired together for the stroke play. Like, how is it that you're kind of part of a team with these guys, then you're playing against them in finals, and then you're back playing them? Is it do you know it's all part of golf and put behind you or is there a bit of awkwardness when the next time you face each other? No, I don't think there'll be any of that. I think we all kind of understand that we're all there to do a job when it's singles and then we're all there to do a job when we're part of a team. Um, it's just sport, I suppose. Like you, you have to take the good with the bad and nobody wishes any ill on any of us. Um, as I say, we are, the Irish team especially, is a very close-knit sort of it's like a big family at this stage. Um, and we all do. If you're playing against each other, there's a lot of respect showing. We're all as hungry to win, but we all put it behind us and move on because if you keep dwelling on it, you wouldn't have too many friends left by the end of it. Yeah, that's very true. And you talk about team success and backing each other. And you mentioned Owen Murphy, Caddy and Free in the South. 
And then you went on to partner him to back-to-back Leinster success with Dundalk in the Barton Shield. How great was that, that you were able to marry your own individual success with club success? Yeah, it's always, it's always been something I kind of would be really pushing for is to get a, an All-Ireland for the club because the club's very good to me. Um, every member beforehand would have, had, would have had a little bit of an interest in Irish golf, but probably wouldn't to the extent that they have now. Like I get the older age members coming up to me who had to find out how to walk Google to find scores and they can't come off it now. So it's kind of it's always nice to hear them sort of stories when you go to the golf club. And as you say, they can't do enough. They really, they really do put themselves out there for us and want us to, to do well with messages and support. But um, to actually to play with Owen then, as you say, really good friend. And we kind of just gel because... If he hits a bad shot, there'll be a bit of slagging. And if I hit a bad shot, I'll get plenty of slagging. So we kind of bounce off each other. And as I say, it's that whole not taking it too serious that I think we kind of walk well as a pair, I suppose. And it's great to have that joint success. And you mentioned there how Dundalk Golf Club and their members are so supportive of you. And last year, you got off to a great start where I remember again reading that uh, you were undecided between college commitments if you were going to play or not, but you teed it up in Ross's point and you went on to win the West, which was all stroke play last year, and it was ended up being a four-stroke win. Uh, how was that and how did you come to the decision to even play when you were thinking about college? Yeah, well, we had the RNA and event the week previous in St. Andrews and leading up to it when you're entering the West, you're kind of, Right, we're only home on the Tuesday, trying and get to Ross's point for a practice round, and it kickstarts on a Friday. So I was like, that's two weeks out of college. A little bit busy with catching up with group assignments and different things, but I kind of sat with my dad and coach and then Barry and individually and said, well, I kind of have a good stroke play record around Ross's. I think I'd be silly not to go and play it. And then I knew I was going to miss Irish Am, so I was like, that could be my that could be my Irish am to a point, I suppose, four round stroke on a course that I enjoy. So kind of went anyway, had as I say, in St Andrews had a five shot lead, blew it on the last day to be beaten. So kind of learned a lot about it and was coming home looking forward to tee it up again because I played well. Obviously the last day didn't go my way in St Andrews, but I had a lot of confidence coming into Ross's point in the West and knowing that it was a four-round stroke play, which does suit me a little bit better than match play because you have four rounds to do it. Um, two rounds and then draw someone who has their day in a match could go nine or ten under and you're just wiped and heading on back over the road to Dundalk. So kind of just, as I say, went with that sort of open-minded of you're playing well, let's go and do it here. So that was one question I had for you was that you've tasted success in the South, which was uh, match play. Then you had success in the West, which was stroke play. So would you think that you prefer a stroke play tournaments? Yeah, I just feel that stroke play, you can kind of, a lot of it is in your own control, I suppose, that... If you hit a bad shot, you hit a bad shot. You could rack up a number, but it was your own fault at the end of the day. You can go out and play a match play and probably go four or five under and shake hands on 14, potentially. I just feel that if you shot four or five under in a stroke play event and it's four days, 
you're always going to gain ground on the field. You're, you're very rarely going to fall away out of that. Um, I just think that you have more of a chance and it does suit someone that's a lot more consistent, which in the last few years I've become pretty consistent with scoring. And you talk about getting more consistent and you know, knowing exactly what you must get done on the course. And to start off the year so superbly, how important was that for it to set you up always to come for the months to follow? Yeah, always it's always nice to to do something like that. It's always nice to get a win no matter what it is. Um and it, as I say, it's always if you keep building that little bit of confidence to go and do things and all of a sudden when you have a shot that you need to hit, you can always go back to a point where you would have done it. Um you always remember your good days. You remember your bad days probably twice as much because it's it's a bad day. Everyone seems to dwell on them, but I just think that them good shots you've hit, especially that early in the season, will stand to you whenever you need to call on them, I suppose. And they certainly did stand to you as you were selected to play on the Walker Cup at, in September of last year. Just sum up that week for us. It's a week that's so iconic for every golfer. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Again, the GOI do as much as they do, and then you all of a sudden you're with the RNA who obviously have a little bit more power to do things but getting there meeting a whole new team we only just know a few of the lads from playing against them I suppose and to all of a sudden be thrown in as a team it you didn't have a lot of time I suppose to sort of gel together but the three helped it helped that there was two other Irish lads I suppose two on the team that again two really good friends of mine so we kind of went with that sort of bubbly bit of crack attitude but at the same time, you're playing the biggest amateur event you're going to play, probably. And you mentioned there how big and prestigious of an event it is. And from an individual perspective, uh, how did you prepare for it? Did you do anything differently? No, the week leading up to it, it was the weather was appalling for the practice rounds. We uh, we got blown sideways and different things on golf courses and played a lot of golf. And it kind of, I wouldn't say... You were brimming with confidence because of how poor the weather was. We kind of all struggled a little bit with the swings at times. But um, I know when my coach Doogie came over on the Friday then, or Saturday morning, should I say, I spent a lot of time with him uh, hitting balls because I wasn't picked in the morning. So I had a lot of time in my hands. And like that, he just sort of said a few things that made sense, both in the golf swing and how to sort of prepare yourself for the first tee shot you're going to hit and kind of stuck with me like as he says he, he made the point that it's your time let's be arrogant about it don't be nervous walking onto a tee you might not have another shot at doing this so why not just give it your all and feel that you should be there like you deserve this so that kind of walked onto the tee obviously you're still going to be nervous even after him saying that but you walk on that a little bit more relaxed about it. Had the crack. I had a good caddy that week, so I had a bit of crack with him. And from the minute you you hear your name called out and the cheers go up, you kind of you realise what it is, I suppose. And you went out in that afternoon singles and you picked up a two and one win over Alex Smalley. How nice was that to get a point on the board? And especially as you said that you had the morning off just to prove a point that you fitted right into the occasion. Yeah. Look, just to get on the to get a point on the board at who had the Walker Cup was kind of a goal in itself, I suppose. Even if it only had to be half a point. But um just to say you got something out of the week was nice, especially getting your first game. Like 
I, I'll be honest, I don't think the golf was fantastic on the day, but my poor golf was a little bit better than his poor golf. It just transpired. So that kind of, I was happy with that. But again, I didn't, I never give up. Like if I could make a five on a hole, I was making a five on the hole. It just took whatever had to come my way. Um, and then when you do win on 17, and again, the cheers you have, there was a good following from Dundalk there. So we kind of all stood around 17 and, I don't think I've shook as many hands just on one green before, but it was nice that in that sense. And you looked, that was probably about four hours after you teed off or close there on and the jubilation and the joy. But was it one of your most daunting experiences when you were preparing to walk to that first tee? Yeah, it definitely, definitely the biggest crowd I would have played in front of. Um, so it, I wouldn't have felt any, wouldn't have felt anything like that before, I would say. Um, but as I say, that kind of, a few words just prior gave me that, calmed me down a little bit more than I probably would have been, got me ready for a little bit more than I would have been if I was on my own, maybe. Keelan, you talked there about earlier in your golfing career, you were a bit more of a home bird and, you know, you've achieved so much and you got to travel to so many places and you picked up a win in Colombia in 2017. And without any disrespect, I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I will just get it so horribly wrong. But you have done so much travel between South Africa, Colombia. You've been all right through Europe. Uh, how has this aided your development in the game, getting the opportunity to play such an array of courses? Yeah, like that would have been my... That, Colombia was my first real trip that I would have went on. And uh was lucky enough to go with Tierney McLaren, who... Before that week, again, wouldn't have known him overly well, but by the end of the week, I never laughed as much in my life for a few days away. And then to, obviously to win, the two, we won the team event as well as the individual. We kind of just coming the whole way back home and again, laughed the whole way home about it all because it was such an experience. It's a, it's a funny country over there now. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be too keen on that one, but uh, it kind of opened my eyes to what traveling is and how to uh, how quick you have to adapt to different sort of golf courses and climates and different things like that there. And then that year, probably the likes of Spain would have been the next travel. So you're back to a little bit of normality, but uh, you do, you do kind of, you get used to doing it fairly quick because you've no other choice only to adapt. And this year you've more travels planned from a tournament that was supposed to be in Lahinch where you've had previous success but you've been selected to play in the Palmer Cup and due to this ongoing virus, it's been moved to December and will be played in Bay Hill in Florida. How are you excited for that opportunity to again test yourself on one of the greatest golf courses in the world? Yeah, it was. I was really looking forward to being in La Hinch with, again, just the people down there. I know Paddy Keane had a lot of work done in Porrick. They would have done a lot of stuff for for the South and then I know they were heavily involved with this. So it's disappointed to hear it for them that it wasn't going to be on there. But then to hear it was in Bay Hill was, it was a nice sort of backup course if the fellas going to say that. Like really, really looking forward to it. I was shocked when I heard the news. I got a phone call the morning before it was announced just to let me know. And I kind of didn't know what to say to him. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely go if I'm, if I'm still on that team. So sort of, I'll take that and take hand and all. Looking back um, in the last number of years, you talked about getting recognised and picked for Irish teams and then you got the Walker Cup, which is Great Britain and Ireland. 
how does it do for your own confidence to be recognized on a worldwide stage that you are going to be representing the international team? Yeah, it's again, it's a new experience. Um, it was actually someone asked me the other day, what's left to do? And all these things are always appearing. Like I never would have thought I'd play for Great Britain and Ireland. I was always hoping that I could make the Irish team. But when you start making the next team, it's you don't realize you can do that until it comes your way as such. Like I never set my sights on doing any of these things because all I wanted to do years ago was play for Leinster. And then obviously when I, if I got that, I could look at the Irish setup and it was a stepping stone type of thing. So it's only in the last two or three years, all these doors have opened to allow me to do this. So I'd be always very grateful that I got the opportunity to do it. And then I suppose proud in my own way that I'm, I'm doing it, I suppose too. And you talk about, you know, the stepping stones and what's next to achieve. Uh, do you have any ambition centre the programme? Is that something that you've talked about with people close to? Yeah, as, as I say there, I think in the last, probably since South Africa, I had a couple of chats with Neil Manship and then came home and spoke to my own coach, spoke to dad, spoke to, I suppose, the girl from the family in general, um, and then spoke to Barry about it. And I do think it's something that I will do. Obviously, this virus isn't helping the cause because we don't know what way a Q school is going to be run or if it's going to be run at all. Um, so it may be a case now that I'll hang out Walker Cups early next year. It's in May. So try and play, if we can, good golf at the end of this year that maybe will allow me to get picked on that team again. And then after that see what comes my way well Keelan we'd like to wish you all the best for the future and so we can't wait to start covering you once you get back on the golf course and watch your uh, trip to Bay Hill and how that goes but before we let you go we got a few quick fire questions uh, nothing too tricky yeah so the first one is uh, links or parkland uh, links for me and would you prefer to practice on the range or on the golf course oh definitely on the golf course and what age did you reach uh, scratch uh, I think I was 18, 19 when I got scratch. And your best golf memory to date? Few, but I think probably shooting course record at British Am in Prince's was was a nice feeling. Uh, the best Irish player you've played with to date? Uh, I'm gonna, I know on the day I've never experienced that and like it. And I had to shake his hand nice and early because he beat me. But Paul McBride put on an absolute show in Port Call, and I was so impressed by it. I had to. I always say that he's probably the most impressive. Well, we hope that you and follow his foot into the pro ranks in the not too distant future. And thanks very much for your time today and best of luck with everything and finishing up with college also. Thanks very much, Shane. Thanks for having me. That's it for episode 10 on the Talk Birdie to Me podcast. We would just like to say a huge thank you again to Keelan for his time. It was great to talk about his experiences to date and hopefully the last few months of college have went well for him. We'd also like to thank you, our listeners, again for supporting us through the first 10 episodes of the podcast and we look forward to the next 10. And please do get your orders in for a crested range of clothing and don't be the odd one out. Chat soon and please talk birdie to me.